All right, welcome back to Open Source Marketer. I'm your host, Charles McKeever, and today's topic centers around content marketing and the seven deadly sins of marketing automation. Joining us today is content marketing expert, Yoav Schwartz, CEO of Uberflip. Yoav, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Awesome. Now, before we jump into these seven deadly sins, uh, let's, let's back up just a few steps and define for the audience, what is content marketing and what is marketing automation? Sure. So, interesting place to start. The way we define Uberflip really is content marketing automation. So, uh, a combination of those two, those, uh, those two topics. So, content marketing is really leveraging content and, um, you know, really thorough, thoughtful pieces that are meant to passively uh, find visitors or your audience, uh, engage them, uh, whether it's helpful content, snacky content, whatever it might be, with the purpose of passively selling them what you're selling. So rather than very aggressively giving a sales pitch, provide content that is useful, uh, cre create yourself as a source of great resources around a certain topic that resonates with your audience so that they keep you top of mind when they are ready to make a purchasing decision. Okay. That is content marketing. Okay. Uh, marketing automation is really all about, it's really built on the foundation of email. So if you think about, um, if you think about tools like Marketo or HubSpot or Eloqua, uh, the real automation comes in the ability of how to send different people down different tracks in order to email them or send them offers uh, depending on what, what stage they are in in the buying process. So taking somebody from an unknown person such as a visitor on your website and nurturing them all the way to becoming a customer. Along that path, you want to send them different messages, you want to put them down different tracks, different lists within your marketing automation tool so that you can send them relevant information to nurture them and get them through that path to, to customers and beyond. Okay, so then you're definitely a, a fan of marketing automation then? Yeah, we're, we're big fans. I mean, we, we use marketing automation. We're, we're HubSpot customers, uh, oh. happy HubSpot customers. Oh, okay. uh, there's definitely a need for both content and marketing automation in any marketing strategy. Okay, well, I, I want to talk more about that when we get to the, the portion of, about uh, automation in our seven deadly sins because, uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm sure there are some caveats to that uh, as well. So, all right, so uh, let's talk then about Uberflip for just a minute. Let's, let's define exactly what Uberflip uh, does and how it approaches marketing. Uh, so what we do at Uberflip is, again, we're content marketing automation. So we automate a lot of the complexities around an effective content strategy. What's happening today in the marketplace, those that are, have already recognized the need for content marketing, they're spending a lot of their energy and dollars on content creation, which is a very important aspect to content marketing. Um, we really define content marketing as being four separate pillars. There's the content creation, the distribution, getting it out there. Uh, then there's the engagement or the interface in which people actually interact with your content. And finally, it's the insights, the metrics, how well is your content performing. The reality is most people who have adopted content marketing are really spending all their time and energy on just that first half, which is the content creation and distribution. Very important, um, but ultimately, you're spending all that money. You want to know what it's doing for your business. So that's really where Uberflip comes in. We take all that content and we create an, a great user experience out of it. Uh, but without, not just for to have a great, pretty experience, but with the actual purpose of generating uh, leads out of your visitors through in, uh, connections to marketing automation. So we handle very strongly those other that other half of 
content marketing, which is great experience with conversion tools built in and with metrics so you understand the ROI of your content. It's interesting that you say that because uh, it, that mirrors a lot of the experience that I've had with various clients that there's a lot of time and energy, one, convincing them that they need to create content, uh, two, convincing them that they need to share it. And then now it's sort of this, uh, once you get them into that rhythm of things, it seems to be this awareness that, okay, the, the ultimate question is, well, how effective is that? Or, you know, uh, and, 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 and you also have all these um, different channels that you have to manage. So um, one of the things that I noticed on Uberflip when I set up my account was that it kind of aggregates, pulls everything in t together. Is that, is that on purpose? I mean, what, what's the strategy there for managing different channels? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in today's world, you're pushing content out everywhere. If you're creating a video, you're probably putting it on YouTube. And why not? You want to attract the visitors that exist on YouTube. Uh, your social content goes out to several different streams. You got Twitter, Facebook. Um, you know, you're putting out your photos on Instagram. You're putting out your blog. Um, you know, you're putting your, your slide presentations on SlideShare. You have a bunch of PDFs that are probably sitting around doing nothing for you. Um, we bring all of that in. So the very first thing you do with Uberflip is connect all your different sources of content. We bring it in for, for two reasons. Number one, we want to give your home, uh, we want to give your content a home. Uh, the last thing you want to do is direct people away from your website once you finally got them to come in the door. Uh, think of how much money we spend bringing people in and how often you see on a website, you know, follow us on Twitter or check out our YouTube channel and you push them right back out. And that, that makes no sense. Uh, beyond just losing that visitor, you have no way of understanding the conversion or, or how engaged they are with the content outside of your outside of your sphere. So what we do is we allow you to bring all that content in for the purpose of being able to send people to view your tweets, to view your Instagram photos, your slideshare presentations, your YouTube videos, your PDFs that we convert to flipbooks on one central home. That's all about your brand. So that when they finish watching that video, that although it's hosted on YouTube. The next video they watch you know, is guaranteed to be or a piece of content that is part of your brand experience rather than whatever other video they might land on on YouTube. I also like that there was that, that focus, like you said before, on leads, on, on converting that content into some sort of tangible result at the end. And uh, that, that to me was very attractive. Um, so talk about a little bit about Uberflip and how it allows you to be able to do that. Sure. So that's really where the magic kicks in. So beyond having a great user experience, you know, uh, we're not all about uh, engagement and how many views or shares you've got. At the end of the day, our customers have business objectives. They're trying to convert those visitors into leads, and we offer a lot of tools to not only do that, but also measure the success. So um, first of all, we allow you to connect any of your marketing tools, like the easy stuff like Google Analytics, but also your marketing automation like Marketo or HubSpot or Eloqua. Um, what that does is it allows you to create call to action tiles as we call them or web to lead forms that are directly integrated with your marketing tools and allow you as a marketer to basically insert these web to lead forms anywhere you want within your content passively beside uh, a listing of your content or actually while someone's reading your blog article or watching your video you can have that web to lead form beside your content or even use it as a gate to gate people from accessing that premium content within your Uberflip experience. Um, you know, we've really built everything with the marketers in mind that this should not require any technical knowledge. It's all about being able to empower marketers to be the owners of this experience so that they don't have to loop in the dev team. They don't have to loop in designers. They can basically manage this entire experience on their own 
and generate leads and modify and A-B test everything uh, all on their own, which means that you can very effectively make changes uh, on the fly without having to involve anybody else. And we give you the tools to understand exactly what piece of content is converting. So if you have a video that has brought you, you know, a thousand people have viewed it and 57 people click through on your web to lead form on that video, then it's got, you know, a conversion rate that you can attribute to, all right, this video is actually bringing me leads. Another piece of content may not bring you any leads, but we'll show you that after viewing or reading that article, you know, more people are more likely to convert on the next piece of content that they consume. So we're kind of giving you that deep insight into how your visitors are flowing through your content and where you have the most success, what you should keep doing, and what you should stop doing because it's not working. Right. Yeah, I, I glad you mentioned the technical aspects of things because I am technical. I'm a geek, and and uh, and I've kind of back ended to marketing as a, a natural progression of the conversation. And and so when, whenever I look at something like a tool. Uh, I, I always evaluate it from the standpoint of could I do this on my own? Could I create this right. myself? You know, and so, uh, so the natural question becomes: Well, couldn't you just put up a WordPress blog and aggregate all this stuff together yourself? But as you mentioned, there's there's that aspect of not having to be able to uh, not having to do any of the the coding yourself, and and even even though um, you might have the the coding muscle to pull all this stuff together. There's so much. It seemed like there was so much time saving in just being able to drag and drop and be able to to get right to it without having to you know prove your coding muscles. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on a good point: is that most marketers think they're doing content marketing because they have a WordPress blog and they've added a bunch of widgets to it. Um, you know, that's, that's a great start, but you quickly find out with a tool like WordPress that blog articles are just one type of content. And what often happens is when you have that video, you're forced to create an article and plop that video in um, to have the same effect uh, as your blog articles do. And it's just, it's not scalable. Um, and it also doesn't provide you that insight that you want um, at each individual content level. With Uberflip, you connect your YouTube playlist. I mean, it doesn't even have to be your videos. You could, you could uh, aggregate and curate videos from around YouTube. Each one of those basically becomes the equivalent of a blog post that you can edit, um, you can bring into life. It has its own unique URL. You can turn it into a gated piece of content. We're just giving marketers a ton of flexibility around content without specifically saying, um, you know, only focus on your blog articles. It's about getting all of your content in there and giving it all the same opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I like to find tools that, that take whatever it is that I think I can do myself and just turn that into something that's just effortless and then and then from there it's like well why would i even why would i even do that right i mean you know we, we drive around in our cars like even if our, our our something is a mile away we still drive there right because why <laughs> because it's faster you know it's it's more comfortable it's you know all those uh, things it's not good for the environment but okay. I, I get your point yeah right <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on here to these. Uh, now that we've defined content marketing and marketing automation and, and, and got a little sa sample of what Uberflip's about, let's move on to the seven deadly sins. Let's discuss those. So I've got those here as bullet points, and we'll, we'll go through all of them. But basically, um, there's strategy, email, team, nurturing, quantity, metrics. An autopilot. So let's let's start with strategy. So what what is a what is a deadly sin uh, of marketing automation that I could come up uh, about with with strategy? 
Sure. So, you know, strategy is everything. It's not just marketing automation. You always have to have a strategy. Um, you know, wh one of the things that people rely on in marketing automation is that it's just going to do all the hard work for you. Um, but the reality is that it's, it needs to automate your strategy. So if your strategy is to send people down a specific path, whether they are visitors uh, or they're already customers and you want to nurture them, the first thing you want to do is define your personas. You, you want to know who you're talking to, and that, that's marketing in general. Uh, it's especially important when you're doing content marketing, um, but the same thing holds true for, for marketing automation. You want to define your minimum three personas of the type of buyers that you have and define them each separately. Send people down a dedicated path for how you think they're most likely going to convert, um, whether it's when they're first visitors, so when they get your first drip campaign, how you get them through that process uh, requires you to strategize and actually continuously improve that strategy. Um, going in blindly and saying, you know what, we're going to treat everybody the same. We just want to get people onto our lists and start marketing towards them. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for, for failure. Yeah, I've heard it said that if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. Yeah, so. that, that's, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> uh, now, you mentioned earlier A-B testing. So I, I, I think what I hear is that I could come up with an initial strategy uh, and then A-B test my way into an actual sales funnel that works. Is that correct? Yeah, A-B testing goes right across the board. Uh, whether you're testing your emails, you're testing your call to actions, uh, you're testing the headlines on your blog articles or your videos, uh, you, you need to test everything. Um, very hard to do everything. Um, you know, you have to pick uh, specifically the areas where you think you can get the biggest lift. Um, but yeah, A-B testing is, is critical because you, you, can, you can make assumptions, but your assumptions are only good as the data that you have uh, to, to actually uh, figure out whether or not they're true. Okay, so have a have a strategy and then work that strategy and adjust it as you as you go. So, yeah, uh, email. Let's talk about that. Is it's kind of always a, a point of contention for people. Some people say email's dead. Some people say it's the you know it's the most effective way to reach people. What what is the, what is the deadly sin of email? Well, email is not dead. Uh, email is not going anywhere. Uh, the reality is, email is still an effective channel. Um, if you think about why marketing automation tools came to be in the first place, uh, and some of the you know the giants in the industry like Eloqua, uh, the, the reason they they even define why they even started their businesses is because people weren't picking up the phone anymore. Uh, they recognized that email was the best place, the next best place to reach these people, and they automated a lot of you know deciding when to send emails, who to send them, and why. Um, so email is a great uh, mechanism, but you know people are starting to ignore emails too. And we're in an age now where if you want to reach somebody, content is proving to be the most effective way. So it's not that you should only do content. Um, it's not that you should only do email. It's that you should recognize that your audience is in many different places and you need an effective strategy across the board. Because if you purely rely on email, you're missing a huge opportunity for content. Okay, excellent. And then along with that, uh, living on an island or not living on an island, um, who should you involve in, in your team? As many of them as possible. Um, you know, even here at Uberflip, uh, none of the decisions that we make, even at product level, because we're a marketing tool, it would be expected we, we loop in our marketing team. Um, you want to get gain everybody's insight. You know, every organization is going to have some form of a marketing team, a sales team, a, a, a customer support team, and a customer success team. And those four different departments all have very different functions and gain very different insights into what your customers are looking for. From, you know, your marketing is obviously 
the first point of contact. It's the, uh, you know, what kind of message do we want to put out there? Your salespeople are typically talking to um, prospective clients. Uh, you know, what kind of pain points do they have that, you know, your solution or your service might be able to satisfy? Your support people are talking to customers who are having problems. So you want to know what those problems are. And your success team is the ones responsible for, for speaking to your existing customers. They may, be, they may not be happy, they may be happy. You're trying to, uh, you know, fill gaps. You're trying to satisfy their needs with maybe uh, certain parts of your service or product that haven't been discovered that, by them yet. So all these different groups have very different insights, but all of those need to come together so that you know how to speak to your visitors, your customers, your, you know, your new customers, your old customers, it doesn't matter. You, you want to gain as much insight as possible, and it's right there at your fingertips. So you need to include all those members of your groups. Well, that sounds like that almost goes back to the strategy aspects of things where you're coming up with an initial strategy, but then maybe over time, the, the, the word on the street or the things that you're, the feedback that you're getting may, may change that strategy and send you in a, in a, in a new direction based on what you, you, you hear. Is that, is that what a team does for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I mean, marketing comes down to messaging and um, you know there's two ways to know if your messaging is working you can measure specifically how people are converting on that message um, but you can also start to understand what type of customers you're actually attracting and if that doesn't align with your messaging uh, you might have a bigger opportunity uh, by adjusting that messaging to speak to that you know that that more ideal customer yeah that, that's interesting that you say that because it is possible I think to uh, uh, attract the wrong customer <laughs> 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 We've been there. Yeah. So, so let's talk about nurturing versus selling. You mentioned just a moment ago, uh, you know, that the, the messaging is very important. So, how, what, what's the deadly sin when it comes to you know, pitching your information? Sure. Um, so, the content marketing, the whole concept is soft selling. If you're too aggressive in your pitch, or you're writing content that reeks of a sales pitch. Um, and this is the last time you're going to see this person. Uh, they're not coming back. The, the effect that you want to create with both your content and your marketing automation is that you are here to help. Uh, and who you're here to help all comes back to that strategy. You've got to define your personas. You've got to identify those people that are potential customers. And you've got to speak to their pain points. What are they trying to learn? Um, you know, what type of contest, content is going to interest them? And it doesn't always have to relate to exactly what your product or service does. Sometimes it's you know, much broader than that, uh, speaking to general interests that that type of person is going to have. But you want to establish yourself as a trusted source. And by doing so, you can gently, and not in every piece of content, but you can gently start to suggest, oh, by the way, uh, if you enjoyed reading this, this is something that we happen to do or something that we happen to solve. Um, and sending people through suggestive ways to buy your product will effectively bring you more uh, long-term customers. Uh, you've already gained their trust, and that's a big difference is that, you know, by hard selling, and if you look back at how things used to be, you know, it's a hard sell, you may have brought on customers, but then it was a huge responsibility to prove your worth, uh, you know, prove that, that uh, to really make them a sticky customer, where today content is allowing us to kind of do a lot of that up front. We gain trust by being helpful, and only naturally do people want to see what else you do. Uh, you know, you're providing me great content, you provide me great insights, I enjoy your emails, I enjoy your videos, whatever it might be. Um, you know, what else do you do? Maybe there's, there's interest there. And that's how you're going to build a much stronger customer base. Okay, and so that sounds also speaks to a long-term sales versus a one-time sale too, correct? Absolutely. Okay. 
okay, so the next deadly sin here is quantity. So what, what are we talking about there? So, you know, it's a tricky balance. You don't want to create too much content um, because you want to create quality content. But at the same time, you do need content. Uh, an effective content marketing strategy is its going to take you six months, really, to, to see any sort of ROI if you're just getting started. And that's a factor of, you know, proving uh, that you have great content. So, you know, Google and other search engines are, first of all, indexing your content. You have to have enough in the bucket for you to actually gain, gain visitors or, or to rank higher for certain search terms. Um, uh, and at the other end of the spectrum, your marketing automation tool is only going to be effective if you have something to automate. If you're not giving it anything, um, you're not giving it enough insights into how your audience is consuming content, um, then it's not going to be able to do its job. So not having enough content basically creates a bottleneck. And that's actually what's happening today a lot in the industry, is that people are investing in marketing automation but haven't invested enough in content. And they're, you know, they're blaming marketing automation for not doing its job, but the reality is they, they haven't fed it. Let, let me ask you, some people say uh, that you should put something out every day. Some people say that you should just be on a consistent schedule, like maybe every Tuesday, Thursday you do something. I mean, what do you, what do you think is a good rhythm when it comes to the quantity of content? It's a good question. I think it totally depends on your audience, depends on how, um, you know, who you're, again, it comes down to persona. If, if you're creating content that's extremely technical, you're not going to be able to produce something every day. Um, on the other hand, if you're creating more snacky content or content that's supposed to be fun and shareable, and why not? Yeah, produce something every day. You want your stuff to go viral, and you know, being in front of your audience more often is going to help you. So it really depends. Uh, general rule of thumb is: I mean, we produce at least one piece of content a day, um, but that's just you know, fresh content, whether it's an article or a white paper or a slide deck um, or a video. We're also, of course, you know, sharing uh, on social media or posting pictures to Instagram, and that happens multiple times a day. So it's really the type of content and your audience that will depend how frequently you should be posting. Okay, great. Yeah, it seems like in, in today's, today's world, uh, you never know where somebody is paying attention. Uh, so it, it, like you say, it almost it makes sense just to be everywhere it's that you can and, and, and put sure. something out. So at least, you know, you have a, a pretty good chance of somebody seeing you. So now along with that, uh, you've got, like we just said, we've got putting out content on a regular basis. What kind of, what kind of metrics should someone be keeping? Sure. So, um, you know, traditionally people have been looking at what we call vanity metrics. How many views did I get? How many shares did this piece of content get? Um, those are great to kind of give you a very bland sense of how effective your content is, but the reality is shares are proving to have zero value uh, in terms of actually understanding people's engagement in your content. It's really about engagement. So you're seeing some players out there doing some fancy stuff like engage time on piece of content uh, you know, by tracking things like the mouse moving and stuff like that. Um, that's great. But in our world, the most effective way of knowing whether a piece of content is effective is to actually measure if people are converting on it. And a conversion will depend on what your business objectives are. For us, it's you're, you're signing up to either receive a piece of content or you're signing up to receive emails about new content in our hub. Um, you know, that to us is the definitive way of measuring the success of your content. Is it returning ROI? Any, every or most businesses can put a value on a lead 
uh, dollar value. They know exactly how much it typically costs you to bring in a dollar or, or a lead. Um, so if we tell you that you know this video brought you 12 leads and this article brought you 37 leads, then you can put a dollar value and you can look back and say, okay, well I spent you know $100 on this blog post and it's produced you know $1,200 worth of leads. That was that was a great blog post. I should I should keep doing what I did there, and it might be that I should keep writing blog posts, or it might be that the topic really resonated with my audience, and maybe now I create a video around that topic. Um, insights are what's going to tell you what to do next. Um, so you want to measure stuff. You want to measure the vanity stuff like views and shares, but you really want to find a way to measure the success of your content and that typically the conversion rate on that piece of content. Okay, excellent. Okay, well, now when we when we started the, the before we started the list here, we talked about uh, automation or autopilot. Uh, what kind of sins are there around putting things on autopilot? Sure. So you know, this really comes back to that. Uh, you got to test. You got to continue to improve. Um, if you decide, even if you have a good strategy to begin with, um, but you decide, you know, I'm going to send people down this path. Uh, I've defined my personas. I know exactly what's going to get them to convert. I'm going to send them down this email path. I'm going to send them this piece of content. It's just going to magically work, and I'm just I'm going to go on a six-month sabbatical because my business was on autopilot. Um, that's going to fail. The reality is, you have to keep uh, modifying. You have to keep testing, and the automation is really just how do I get less people involved? That's the way you need to look at automation. It's, you know, we used to do all these things manually by moving people off different lists. We used to, um, you know, we used to define different paths. Uh, and now we can automate a lot of that based on user interactions. Like they viewed this article, so I want to send them down this path. That's all great, but it's, it's going to work for a finite amount of time. And most likely it can be refined and it can be improved. So use marketing automation for its strengths by minimizing the amount of resources you need to get to get things done, but don't assume that it's just going to magically do things for you. It's just going to do what you tell it to do. So you need to keep feeding it more and more information and keep optimizing your strategy if you want to remain effective and just keep getting better. Okay, so so using Uberflip as an example, what what would be a gr good example of a an autopilot or an automation uh, piece that you would want to implement in into a, a site? Sure. So you know, this comes up actually here quite often. Is you know, just looking at the email paths that that uh, that are different uh, different visitors and leads and customers receive along their lifetime. Um, you know, we've kind of had that on autopilot for a little bit too long. So we're starting to see the staleness that happens. Uh, you know, when when a and and also what happens when you start adding more elements to that to that piece. We have different tools that communicate. Um, with with different people, so we have internal application tools that you know notify or, or suggest uh, features to specific users inside our application. We have emails that go out using marketing automation. Um, we have you know content emails that go out from a different path, and oftentimes we find ourselves stumbling upon ourselves and communicating with the same person too many times uh, from different angles. And that's because we got stale on the marketing automation side where, you know, things were just working, so we left them. We didn't go back and say, okay, you know what, we changed our strategy in other areas, so now we've got to go and refine what we're doing inside, in our case, HubSpot, uh, for how we're targeting certain people at certain stages based on what we've already spoken to them about or what we've already sent them. It's really, really important to kind of keep looking and keep checking to make sure that, you know, that you're not making those kind of stumbles and you're not relying too much on what you set up a long time ago. 
Good, good, very, very good advice. Yeah, I, I, my favorite emails are to are, uh, that I get are when uh, something has automatically gone out to someone, and and someone emails me, you know, replies and emails me and says, you know, thank you for this piece of information or whatever. I mean, they they feel like it was personally written to them as an individual email, and and that's the moment where I know, okay, great, you know, that that piece of content works because. It, it elicited a, a personal response from someone. You know that's 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 uh, interesting that you say that because you know automation isn't necessarily that good unless it can resonate with people in, in the way that they need it to. So yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, when we automate stuff, it's uh, ironically we're trying to create the illusion that it's personal. Uh, and when we screw up and we make it obvious that it's automated, that's when we really, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot. <laughs> so really, we, we need to look at it as, you know, what would I send to this person uh, on a personal level? And if I had to do that for a thousand people, obviously that would require tons of resources. How do I automate that but still make it sound genuine? That's a pretty, that, there you go. That's probably the best rule of thumb, right, is, is, is if you would do that, if you would do that on an individual basis, then you, then, then that makes sense. But if but obviously we can't scale that to thousands of people, so then we automate that. So that's great. Yeah. Right. Well, e- excellent. That's that's fantastic advice. Truly, I, I appreciate it. I hope everyone has learned a little something today and uh, won't trip up on the seven deadly sins of automation. So uh, before we wrap things up, if the audience wants to use Uberflip for content marketing and they want to explore that and see what it's all about, um, what kind of offers are there? What kind of trial offers are there? Sure. So it's really easy to get started with Uberflip. Uh, you simply go to our site, uberflip.com, click on the free trial button, and you get a 14-day free trial to really, really test out everything that we have. So uh, you know, we plot you right into the experience. You get to connect all of your content, and we practice what we preach. It's it's really designed for anybody to be able to use. Um, so after a 14-day free trial, we start as low as $50 a month. So really palatable for even small businesses to get going. And at 50 bucks a month, the way I put it is, you get a you get a car with four wheels. You just you know you can you can truly test out the experience and see the effect that it has on your business. And obviously, we want you to pay us more. So as you discover the uh, the value that that we're giving you, it's it, it uh, you know we found it it makes a lot of sense for a lot of B2B marketers. Excellent. Okay, great. And then and there's no credit card required for that initially. No, no credit card required to try it out. And that's totally, a, uh, and full yeah. access? Is that full access as, as well? Yeah, you get full access to pretty much all the features that we have, from okay. uploading your PDFs and turning them into engaging eBooks to connecting mm-hmm. all your social, your blog, your videos, curating content, uh, creating an amazing user experience that works on phones, tablets, and desktop. Um, you really do get to fly with this thing uh, for free with no credit card required. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I, I'm glad you mentioned the PDF portion because uh, I do know, know quite a few people who do you know, PDF marketing and uh, I liked that Uberflip had a bunch of tools to be able to add additional features to the PDF and also be able to make it where it was. Uh, I do, if I'm correct in this, right? There's a way to make it um, uh, where you had to put in a passcode in order to get access to that and stuff like that. Yeah, we go pretty deep when it comes to ebooks or, or white papers. So you can upload your PDF. Uh, we create an, uh, an amazing flipbook or page flipping experience that works right. on phones, tablets, and desktop. And you can password protect it. You can drop uh, social elements anywhere on any page. If you want to drop a YouTube video on a specific page rather than having you know, a flat image or add a tweet button or a share button, um, you can do that all 
all of it within this page flipping experience. So we really turned the PDF into a super amazing, engaging uh, experience for your users. <laughs> Which is great, yeah. Take, take it from something that's just a, a, a you know, a, a kind of a vanilla PDF into something that's really interactive. I like that idea. Um, and I also love, by the way, I just want to say this. I, I love that you guys are doing mobile responsive. So when you're working with these hubs and, 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 and things like that, uh, on Flip, uh, Uber Flip, you can see what it's going to look like on the tablet or on the phone or on the desktop browser. And that just makes so much sense. I, I wish uh, more companies would embrace that uh, obvious thing that needs to be embraced. So you, yeah, you guys do a great job. Any screen at this point. It's, you know, there's, there's a new screen size coming out every five minutes. Uh, it's really about being able to be in front of your audience wherever they are and whatever screen they are, even on their wearable device of the future. Um, and just being able to um, just being able to, uh, you know, have a great experience no matter where they are. Okay, well, very cool. Well, there you go, guys. Go try it out, uberflip.com. Thank you, Yav. I appreciate it. It's been fun, and uh, it's been a great topic. So uh, be sure to rate Open Source Marketer, and uh, if you're on iTunes, be sure to rate the podcast and thumbs up on YouTube. Also, like us on Facebook. And if you have any questions at all, uh, be sure to post them on the Facebook page. I'll make sure that you get an answer. And until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. Thanks, Charles.